What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Sunday afternoon games are in the books, and we are here to talk about it, and hopefully you have punched your ticket to your fantasy playoffs, maybe even a first-round bye. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Heath Cummings on Sunday night. Okay, guys, guess who the two leading scorers are in PPR? Evan Ingram, uh-huh. Jerry Judy. Close. Wow, one of them is not? Correct. Evan Ingram and... His teammate, Trevor Zay Lawrence. Jones. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence, yes. Evan Ingram. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about quarterbacks. I know, right? It's a trick, tricky question. Actually, you, you, Jerry Judy is is the number two non-quarterback, tied with Justin Jefferson. So, uh, yes. Ah, big so game. I was right. Yeah, you were. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Congratulations. No. All right. You would you <laughs> never <laughs> give that to me. Well, you know what? I gave you something even. I gave you an even greater gift. I gave you the gift of an undefeated season in uh, the IDP League. Congratulations. Undefeated regular season. Uh, You beat me today. Uh, I started Derek Carr over Trevor Lawrence. I think I probably would have lost anyway to the juggernaut. So, Heath, do you feel... But we'll get to everything from week 14 in a moment. Do you feel extra pressure now to win the league having gone undefeated in the regular season. No, I feel a giant sense of relief because I thought I was going to remember 2022 as the worst fantasy season of my career. And now I'm just going to remember it as the year that I had an undefeated season in an experts league. So, and and I wouldn't like, I don't usually use the term expert. I've never defined myself as an expert, but the name of this league is actually IDP Experts League. Oh. So it's quite clearly an experts league. Well, well Heath, I'll tell you, if there's one thing we are, it's certainly IDP experts. That's that's what oh, we yeah. are here at Fantasy Football Today. Well, one, one of us is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. Um, all right, guys. Well, I hope to, uh, week 14 was good for you, and I hope it was awesome for all of our listeners. Let's talk about the biggest winners and losers. Dave Richard, I'm going to throw it to you. Who's the biggest winner of week 14? 
I think it's got to be J.K. Dobbins. The fact that he played well, had a couple of huge runs for the Ravens, and that the Ravens let him be the main running back in his first game back. Uh, I, I don't remember him being quite this um, the opposite of explosive. Ah, slow, slowish. Yeah, but he he still got the job done. He's clearly less slowish than Gus Edwards. And I think we can feel good about trusting him moving forward. So he's the biggest winner to me. J.K. Dobbins. All right, to follow up on that, you know, he had 15 carries and Gus Edwards had 13 carries. Were you disappointed in the split? And Dobbins had 120 yards and Edwards had 66. Dobbins had a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So does that bother you at all going forward? No, the split didn't bother me terribly because I don't know if it's going to consistently be that the rest of the way. Dobbins, 45% of the snaps. Gus, 31%. Uh, Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill combined for 22%. I bet we see Drake and Hill lose their work. Gus stays at around 30%. Dobbins gets the rest. Heath, who is the biggest loser of Week 14? It must be Travis Etienne. An absolute disaster of a week. And like 17 for 32 in the running game is awful. But you could say, you know what? The Titans are really good against the run. Um, they, they did not throw the ball to him at all. Mm-hmm. And this is a trend for the season. They they don't believe he is the pass-catching running back he was advertised as in the NFL draft, um, obviously, because they're facing the team that allows more passing yards to running backs than just about anybody. That's the one way that you've been able to beat this defense. And they just said, you know what? What if instead of throwing it to Travis Etienne, we threw it to Evan Ingram? That would be a better plan. And it turns out it they were right. <laughs> yeah. And then most, they, the Titans saw the most targets by running backs in the NFL. And yet, did he have a target in this game? I don't no. believe so. Yeah. No, that's, zero. That's why. No. Backup it, tight end Chris Manhurts had a target. I, I, Dan Arnold I, had three. I'm bad on Sunday nights at saying what the following week's rankings are going to be. Um, but I don't think Travis Etienne is a top 20 running back next week. I'm not sure he's a top 25 running back. He's got Dallas, and then he's got the Jets after that. So two pretty tough matchups. Are we just going to bench him until week 17 at Houston? Well, I don't know how Maybe. tough of a matchup. Depends on what else you got. The Cowboys aren't really that tough of a matchup. I'm, I mean, you know, sure, <laughs> let me see. I guess. Well, I mean, all right. They're, they're, you know what? Look, that's probably not true. They're fifth against running backs. But... They're the opposite of Pierce Tennessee. Found a way to have a good game. They're the opposite of Tennessee. They're not great against the run. They're terrific against pass catching running backs. So it might be a better outlook for ETN. But you know what? Again, no big runs from him, and that's what he is. He's a boomer bust running back. He has not had a boom run in a, in like a month almost. So like, I, he's yeah. he's kind of running back Gabe Davis <laughs> right now. Yeah. All right, so Dobbins, a big winner. ETN, a big loser. And ETN gets the Cowboys next week, and Dobbins gets the Browns. So I think putting Dobbins ahead of ETN might be might be happening next week. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah, 100%. All right, find out more about what happened in Week 14 with our newsletter, our CBSSports.com Fantasy Football Today newsletter. Go to CBSSports.com slash newsletters to subscribe. goes right to your inbox every day, give you all the injury news you need to know, starts, sits, um, waiver wire pickups, all those things. Check out our newsletter at cbssports.com slash newsletters, and you can see we have multiple ones that you could take a look at here. All right, the news, guys, the injuries, a lot of stuff today. Some quarterback uh, concussions, unfortunately, Kenny Pickett and Russell Wilson. And yeah. the way it is now, you should just plan on a concussed player missing a game. 
Hopefully not more than that. Maybe shocked that he doesn't miss a game, but uh, especially Wilson. Wilson looked really bad. Wilson's was really, really bad. Pickett is one of the quarterbacks that came back the following week after being out with a concussion in a game. But this is a second run-in with a concussion this year, so I don't know if we're going to get him back next week against Carolina. Okay. Uh, not that I, I don't know if that really changes anything or hurts anything for the pass catchers in Pittsburgh. Trubisky had some bad throws, but he, he still was able to get the ball to Deontay, Firemuth, and uh, at least targets to George Pickens. Uh, Tyler Huntley also left in the third quarter, but... Jim Harbaugh is optimistic that Huntley can play next week. We had a report over the weekend that uh, Lamar Jackson not likely to play in week 15 in that game at Cleveland. Mike White left, then he came back. Joe Flacco replaced him and fumbled immediately. Uh, But White came back, uh, and then he left. He went to the hospital after the game. They were calling it precautionary. They've already said he'll start next week. I don't know if that was assuming health or what, but probably going to have White. And you know what? He, He really didn't play poorly. He played pretty well, I think. And he gets the Lions in week 15. Damian Pierce left with an ankle injury in the fourth quarter, guys. was late in the game. Would you be interested in a Texans running back? And would it be Burkhead, Dave? I think it would be Burkhead with Agumba Wale and Eno Benjamin working with him. I would not be that interested. Uh, I I would drop Tony Jones for one of those guys. Yeah. (laughs) Goodbye, Tony Jones. You're not going to help anybody. what What about Travis Homer? Well, I'd want to carry Homer until I know that one of DJ Dallas or Ken Walker would be back for Seattle. Uh, yeah, not. I a mean, bad, I'll, I'll a take a running idea. back that's going to play ninety percent of the snaps, and that's what Homer did. Not that it helped anybody, but at least that was his workload this week. Okay, so we'll hope that Damian Pearson get healthy. We did have kind of an eight-game sample last year of Rex Burkhead as uh, kind of a starter, and he. Scored, I'll round up and down. 4, 8, 6, 11, 6, 29, and 14. 14 and 10 PPR fantasy points. He had one huge game, and it was against the Chargers, who were dreadful I, against the run last year. I would hope. Like, we're, in theory, eliminating half of fantasy managers this week. Yeah. Um. So only the six best teams in every league, except for the leagues where the team with the top points doesn't get rewarded. Um. Are left. I'm hoping guys like Rex Burkhead are not going to matter. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, Saquon Barkley did not play his normal stab share. They basically took no. him out of the game in the fourth quarter, maybe even earlier. Yes. Well, it was earlier. Yeah. Yeah. He played 39% of the snaps with Daniel Jones. That game was over 39% of the way through the game. <laughs> it, <laughs> it really was. was. Uh, five of seven snaps inside the 10 for Saquon. So he had some high value touches there, but. Not the usual Saquon Barkley. This was truly a case where he was limited. Uh, the game plan was for him to be limited, I should say. And then he got hurt a little bit at the end of the game, not to the point where I think he's going to miss time. He says he's going to play but, next week. He says he's gonna. Yeah, yeah, like, but somebody landed on his shoulder. Um, I don't feel awesome. I originally put him on the loser list for this week, but I took him off. Yeah, it's another game where it's he just didn't really pop. Looked okay, nope. but but really, there's nope. just no big plays. All right, Tony Pollard yep. scored a rushing touchdown. It came with Zeke lined up in the backfield, and Pollard was split out wide, and then he came in motion, got the handoff, and scored. Denver running back Mike Boone was carted off the field. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry had 96 yards in the first quarter, 119 yards at halftime, two yards in the second half. Of course, they were trailing. 
Dalvin Cook averaged one and a half yards per carry. That is the lowest of his career for any game with 10 or more carries. Uh, mm. But wide receiver news, bigger stuff than what we just talked about with Henry and Cook. How about Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins both left early in the game. T- Tyler Boyd left almost immediately. Higgins was hurt in warmups, gave it a go, left in the second quarter. No, it's even worse than that. Hurt in warmups. I believe he played one snap in the first quarter. And that was it. Oh, ruled out in the second quarter then, I guess. And ruled out in the second quarter. Okay. I'm going to confirm for everybody right now that he played exactly <clears throat> one snap in the game. What a but bummer. It was just real, a, a total bummer for everybody that that uh, trusted him in fantasy labs. And there really wasn't any indication before the game that there was a problem. So, And, so and you went through the quarterback game. portion already, right? I did. Did you mention Brock Purdy? No, he got hurt. Oh, oblique he, injury. Look uh, at that. Kyle Shanahan said he had an oblique injury. Oh. That is not the reason that he came out in the fourth quarter, but he would not rule out the possibility the oblique situation could impact Purdy for the Thursday night game against Seattle. Oh, great. Oh, my. All right. Well, that sucks. Um, Debo Samuel, though, is not going to play on Thursday night. Almost certainly he has a high ankle sprain, it looks like. It could have been worse. It could have been worse, but... It looked like a season ender. It and did. one that would cost him the beginning of next season, too. Uh, Higgins, one snap, a third and seven very early on the first possession. Probably the first third down play Oof. that Cincinnati had. Zach Taylor said after the game that he snuck on the field. Oh, wow. All right, Heath, how do you feel about Ayuk and Kittle? Because they didn't do anything in this game, really. Uh, you know, they didn't have to. But I was going to say, for the first quarter, I think Debo and Kittle were the only players who had a target. That yes. was basically the only guys he was throwing mm-hmm. to, I think, until Debo got hurt. Um I would imagine that Kittle's going to come out about tight end 18 next week in the projections, and I'm just going to push him up to 10th because his name is George Kittle. And Ayuk is a low-end number two wide receiver, um, high-end number three, somewhere in that range. All right, Richie. got Seattle on a short week. Sorry, Richie James got hit in the head um, on his touchdown catch in the fourth quarter. I didn't see anything on him. Corey Davis left in the first quarter with an injury. That opened the door maybe a little bit for Elijah Moore, who had a nice game. And Daniel Bellinger left with injured ribs, and there was a host of defensive injuries and some offensive line injuries. Look at the Saint, the uh, sorry, the uh, Vikings. They were already without two starters on the line. They lost another starter, so that's three that they're down right now. I'm, I'm assuming Darisol will be able to play next week, but that's affecting them a little bit here. So we'll keep an eye on that. And there's a lot more that I will skip for now and get to a little bit later. Before we get to your winners and losers, I want to talk about a couple of pleasant surprises. And I know Heath, you have a believe it or not about one of them, uh, Chris Moore. Rostered in just 5% of leagues, Texans wide receiver, 124 yards on 10 catches on 11 targets, and he had an almost touchdown at the Cowboys. He gets the Chiefs. Beautiful matchup next week. Don't know the status of Collins or Cooks, obviously. And Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon had seven catches for 112 yards and two touchdowns at the Broncos. He had six carries in the game. Four of them came very late. But Chris Moore and Jarek McKinnon are pleasant surprises. And Heath, what's your believe it or not on Chris Moore? Believe it or not, Chris Moore is going to matter in the fantasy playoffs. Don't believe it. He it, He's shown us this before. He did it last year. I think he did it earlier this year. Not quite this big of a game, but he played a lot, got a lot of targets, had some good numbers, and then the week after he did nothing. Well, th- I think you're probably probably referring to week nine. He had four catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown on five targets that's, against the that's Eagles. That's different than what happened today. Well, but that's also the only other game he played without both Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins. Talking about Chris Moore here for the Texans. 
So, I mean, I voted, don't believe it. I think it obviously depends a lot on the receiver's availability, the health. What, what do you think, Heath? Yeah, if Nico and Cooks are out, I would guess he's going to check in about wide receiver 36 next week um, in terms of ranking. But if they're both out, he does have the potential to see another double-digit target game. Yeah, especially against the Chiefs. I want to see how many of his targets came from Jeff Driscoll. Not that many. Driscoll threw for 38 yards, I think. I think he threw six times. You know, he was mostly, maybe I'm wrong about that, but. Uh, Three of his catches came from Driscoll. Three targets, three catches, 10 yards. Yeah, so that's 114 yards from Mills. All right, Jared McKinnon. I hate like the McKinnon thing. This has been coming for a while. Somebody else was going to do the Clyde Meekhole thing, and he had the usage, and he had the usage inside the 10. Many times David said, Jarek McKinnon still played the most snaps in the red zone, or Jarek McKinnon still played the most snaps in this situation. Mm -hmm. And he just wasn't getting any production for it. We made the point you don't get any points for fantasy or for, uh, for snaps, but today he did. And one of them was a hilarious throw from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, like, I kind of feel like we've got to take that away. Here's the thing, because everybody was giving Mahomes so much credit for that play. He threw the ball like eight yards. Jarek McKinnon runs 45 yards. And everybody's like, can you believe what Mahomes did? But you got to take that away from McKinnon. You can't count on that. Well, because <laughs> it's, just, it's the something. flukiest of play. How often do you see something like that happen where a quarterback well, is surrounded by Well, as someone who watches the Chiefs every the week, team. you happen to see it about once a week. I'm watching no, it again. You don't see a play oh, like that <laughs> once a week. Uh, I guess I didn't what, see what that. What are you watching? I only, you see that. You see that once a year. I, I mean, maybe from Mahomes, you see it two or three times a year. I only saw but the end of that. I mean, I saw McKinnon the catch, was, oh, oh, McKinnon was wow. in the right place at the right time, and Mahomes made an unbelievable throw. It's that's what happens when you play with Patrick. That's Mahomes. true. Yeah, just dumb things. But I'm not. I don't want to start him next week. Do you at Houston? Uh, I kind of do because it's Houston. <laughs> but. I don't know, man. I, I there's just nothing predictable about him. No, you know, other than the fact that he has consistently played the majority of the snaps at running back for the Chiefs, consistently been the guy that's played more on third and fourth downs, consistently has played in the two minute offense, and consistently has played inside the ten. Other than that, yes, there's nothing. There's no Dave. That's not fair because there's nothing no. consistent about his fantasy production, and that's all I no. care about right now. I, the, thing, the argument against him, I think in my opinion, is that the Chiefs actually believe Jarek McKinnon is their best running back. And they, when they need him, you see, when the Chiefs are in high leverage situations, he's the guy on the field. When they are behind and trying to catch up, he's the guy on the field. They're playing the Texans this week. They probably could play him six snaps and win the game. Um, I'd be a little bit worried about that for McKinnon. They're not going to have a single third or fourth down against the Texans. <laughs> All right, well, we said take- that about Dallas, and yeah. Dallas got a game from the Texans. All right, we're going to take a break here. And, and honestly, the Chiefs got a game from the Broncos, and they were up 27 to nothing. Uh, all right, we'll take a break here. We'll come back. We've got the worryometer. we got winners and losers. We'll recap all the games and have a lot of fun, and hooray. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, I got two, two worryometer entries here. The first one is Mark Andrews. Two catches for 17 yards on six targets. You know, at least the last few games, he was giving you around 10, 10-ish PPR fantasy points, 9, 10, 12, something like that. This was 3.7 PPR fantasy points. I don't know there's much you can do, but 0 to 10 on the worryometer for Mark Andrews. I'll go first. I'll say 8. It's four straight games of 12 or fewer full PPR points, and it gets worse as your points per catch go down in your fantasy league. We were all hoping that he'd see better than six targets. Tyler Huntley got hurt. I still don't know if he would have had a good game even if Huntley had played four quarters. Played the Steelers. There's something to be said about that. Steelers are tough. But I just, you're in a tough spot with Mark Andrews because who are you going to start over him? You're not going to go run to the waiver wire and pick up Okonkwo or even Evan Ingram after the games that they had and start them over Mark Andrews. That's going to take some chutzpah. And so they're playing the Browns next week, then the Falcons after that. These are good matchups in theory, but I just I don't know how you can. It it it's it's what's what's tougher to overlook? Is it tougher to overlook the production over the last four games, or tougher to overlook the potential that you know Mark Andrews has? And for me, it's tougher to overlook his potential. Um, so Adam, I need some calibration on the worryometer <laughs> before we go any further, because <laughs> Dave said an eight. But it also sounds like Dave's unequivocally starting Mark Andrews next week. Yeah. So what is the highest I can go on the worryometer while also expressing that I'm unequivocally starting Mark Andrews? <laughs> I think week? a 10. A 10. <laughs> because you have be, to start him. I'm, Everyone's going to start him. Completely freaked out about Mark Andrews. Also, not even considering sitting him. It's 12 PPR points or fewer that, but in no six you, straight. Here's the thing that I have a problem with that phrasing is what? that 12 PPR fantasy points is tied in two or three. <laughs> okay. So you're saying he's been tied in two or three or worse in six straight games. Well, I believe that because he's not Travis Kelsey. Well, but in one of the games, it's a zero. And in one, yeah, that's true. two of the games, it's six or no, fewer. He's been bad. I'm just saying saying 12 or fewer is just saying he's been not, not been Travis Kelsey for six straight weeks. I can make it well, worse that's not exactly you. true. Yeah, it's, <laughs> who's, it's who's better than 12 points per game this year? It's not, but that's not. I mean, he's not 12 points per game. Right. That's if, a, in his that's last six games, he's probably closer to like mm. eight points per game. Right. What does that make him? Is he that's still like, like probably tight eight and ten? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Fine, I'll just look at the last three weeks when he was scoring around ten to twelve points. Week thirteen, right. Mark Andrews was tight end eleven. Week twelve, Andrews was tight end twelve, and week eleven, he was tight end seven at thir- at twelve point three okay. PPR fantasy points. So I'll lower my number from eight to seven. All right. Uh, I think you know. Obviously, you're starting him, but. Just the idea of, oh, I have Mark Andrews. I have a huge edge. I think that's 
hope it's a hope right now. It's not a it's not a confidence. You have no real reason to hope for it. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, Buffalo offense is next up on the worryometer. I didn't even do this Good. in terms of just players, but just the Buffalo offense, zero to ten, and uh, they will get the Dolphins next week, and then the Bears, and then the Bengals. But zero to ten on the worryometer for the Bills offense. Five. It, I think I'm less. I mean, it depends. Two of them, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. This was my believe it or not. They're the only two startable Bills. It's probably four or five for those two. For Stephon Diggs and Devin Singletary. Sorry, wait, pause. You said Diggs twice. You meant Gabe Davis. No, I meant Allen and Diggs. It's probably four or five for those two. Yeah, but then right, you said then for you Diggs, said Diggs and, and Singletary. Davis and Singletary. Yeah. Uh-huh. There we go. It's it's 11. Yeah. Sure. How much of this is just the Jets? Because the Dolphins are not as good and the Bears are not as good. Well, it's not... Davis and Singletary doesn't have anything to do with the Jets. It's the last month. It's the first bad game for Singletary in a while, isn't it? Was he good last week? Yeah, he scored. He, he, he scored. I think carries. he had 11 non-PPR points. 13 carries, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, which is Which is worrisome. It, you know, it's not a great game. <laughs> right. not getting, well, he's not getting a lot of production in the passing game. Can we talk about him individually quickly? Yeah. All right, Josh Allen, 0-10. to 10. Oh, I mean, it's like a five for Josh Allen. It's uh, 25 or fewer, 24.8 or fewer points in six of his last seven games, 22.6 or fewer points in four of his last six games. That's uh, that's uh, six point per passing touchdown leagues. And that's also, I have one more stat here, just want to get it. Um, 253 or fewer passing yards in six of his last seven games. And that is just... Really, I mean, in his last six games, for example, he was on pace for like a little bit over 4,000 passing yards. So the passing production is is way down. And today he threw for 147 yards. Bad weather, good defense, but it, that is killing Gabe Davis. Um, yes. All right, so it Allen... killed Diggs this week, too. Yeah, it was. Allen's like a five for Dave. How about you, Heath? I think it's a five. I, the thing I worry about is, and Tom Spencer talked about it this morning on CBS Sports HQ, they don't want him to run as much. And <laughs> Good luck. Like they, they, they really do not. And he had 20 rushing yards in this game, and he had seven a couple weeks ago. But like last year, his rushing production was kind of what saved him. And I, I think he has to do that. And that gives you real concerns about his longevity if he does it. Right, but I'm happy with 47 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And it did salvage him, obviously. So the coaches can tell him, hey, don't don't run as much. And he'll be like, yeah, sure, whatever, dude. And then he's going to run all over guys because that's what he does. But uh, I'm still starting Josh Allen. I still look at him as a top six fantasy quarterback. Is he the number one quarterback in fantasy? No. I think that mantle's been taken over by someone else who's on a really good playoff contending team. And I'm sure we'll see at least one more amazing game from Josh Allen along the way, but I I think you do have to be a little bit worried about him hitting 30 points a week from now on. Okay, so Stefan Diggs, 0-10. to I mean, I'd go four on Diggs. One. How often does he have a five-target game? 
his receiving production is definitely down lately, even before this game. In terms of yards, he was still catching touchdowns, but no one's ever sitting Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis, yeah, right, I don't need to get into Gabe Davis, Devin Singletary, no, James Cook. You can, you can go ahead and... I don't know if you have to worry that much. You should just sit him. All right, let's go to winners and losers then. You don't want to talk about Singletary? No. I think I'm done with that. Uh, winners and losers. Dave's winners are DJ Chark, J.K. Dobbins, and Jerry Judy. All right, DJ Chark, 65% roster. Dave, are you buying it? This is, what, 98 and 94 yards in his last two games. He's at the Jets in Week 15. I think the progression of Jamison Williams is going to be very slow. He played 13 snaps. Six of them were on pass plays. So I think the Lions are taking their time with Jamison Williams. The longer it takes Jamison to get acclimated, the better it is for Josh Reynolds, not for DJ Chark. I think Chark's going to be an every-down player for the Lions as long as he's healthy. Goff is throwing the ball well. This is a fun offense. If you get the chance to watch the highlights, you will see some great plays by a lot of players on the Detroit Lions. Goff did great. Chark did great again. I can buy into him is at least a number three receiver. And we said it before the games kicked off. We said it on CBS Sports HQ. He's still out there in a third of leagues. When we, when as of the recording of this podcast, I believe it's 65% of leagues that he's rostered in. Yes. So he's going to be out there on the waiver wire, certainly in 10 team leagues. Is DJ Chark a potential league winner? Uh, I think there's a chance that he can help you out there at wide receiver. Is there anyone you can think of that's a better waiver wire ad than DJ Chark? Let me check Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's 83% rostered now. Chris no. Moore. Travis Homer, in case the other guy. No. That, that no I'd, San Francisco. I'd, I'd no. take Chark over all those guys. Okonkwo? I'd, as soon as Traylon comes back, I'm worried about Okonkwo and, and what he could do. Now, there is a concern next week because they play the Jets. Right. And that's... We just talked about what they did to the Bills offense this week. So I, I think people will still start Chark as a number three receiver for that game. After that, it's Carolina, then Chicago. Oh, those are good matchups. He's going to matter. By the way, uh, Jets-Bills started with 10 consecutive punts, most since 2016 in an awesome. NFL game. We talked about J.K. Dobbins. How about Jerry Judy? Three touchdowns, eight catches, 73 yards, three touchdowns on nine targets. If... It is Brett Rippon at quarterback against the Cardinals, and Cortland Sutton is out. Starter sit Jerry Judy next week. You're going to start Jerry Judy. And this isn't about picking him up because he's already rostered in over 90% of leagues, but got a lot of questions this week about Jerry Judy. And the answer for a lot of them was Jerry Judy. I was hopeful that he would have a good game against Kansas City, and he sure did. So uh, I'd love to see it. He's a very talented receiver, and good for Russ for getting him the ball too. But I think the Broncos game script is going to be pretty similar to what we saw this week, pretty much every week the rest of the way. Arizona next week, Rams after that. Maybe not against the Rams, um, but then they've got Kansas City in the Week 17 Fantasy Finals. Judy is going to be a part of your lineup. All right, let's go to Heath's winners here. As Sunday Night Football has begun, I'm quite captivated by this potential shootout. All right, Heath, your winners are Donovan Peoples-Jones, 83% rostered, 38% started. Deontay Johnson, who had his best game, I believe, since week three. And Evan Ingram, who is the number one scorer in fantasy right now with 11 catches, 162 yards, and two touchdowns. Peoples-Jones, Deontay Johnson, Evan Ingram. You know, it's funny. I said all three of the tight ends in that game could be startable this week, but I ranked them in the wrong order. 
um, Evan Ingram I had last. It was uh, a remarkable performance. He's the one that I have the hardest time knowing what does it mean going forward. But what it absolutely means is going to be ranked as a top 12 tight end next week. Uh, I thought it was pretty important for Donovan Peoples-Jones, even though Amari Cooper was not 100%, to, like, someone needed to have success with Deshaun Watson. And we don't know who his guy's going to be. So this is a step forward for Peoples-Jones. I think he's moving back into that wide receiver three range with, obviously, quite a bit more upside than that. He just showed that. And then I, I just... I don't think George Pickens over Deontay Johnson's going to happen this year, which means Deontay is going to be a number three wide receiver. For for what it's worth, his three best games of the season were his first three with Trubisky at quarterback. And then this game with Trubisky right. at quarterback. Now there was a game earlier this year. Well, Pickens where... has done almost nothing without Pickett. Right. Agreed. Now yep. that that's could be just because those were his first three games. Uh, when you know of his career, when Trubisky right. was playing, I don't know, but yeah, you know, is he gonna score? Is Deontay Johnson gonna score a touchdown this season? He has four games left. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna take no. Can uh, you tell me when it's going to happen? E- even odds? No, I feel like I should get some odds on that. Plus one ten all year. What plus one ten. Can I get plus one ten? His next two games are against Carolina and Las Vegas. I think he can find the end zone against one of those two teams. Uh, I wonder what the record is for most targets without a touchdown in a season. I, I will tell you. <laughs> okay. I'll have that. This is play play Dave's music. Well, the quicker, slicker, looker, upper, Heathy. I can't do it that fast. Okay. Um, go ahead. All right, Dave, let's go to your losers then while Heath looks that up. Fine. Dave's losers are Latavius Murray, uh, Mike Evans. Ooh. Those are my losers, are they? Oh, are those Heaths? I think they're Heaths. Really? I think so. Nick Chubb, Tom Brady, Travis Etienne? Those sound like mine. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you want me to show you the text that I sent you? I'm looking it up right now I think you're lying to me, but... Um, yeah, you're right. Nick Chubbs, Tom Brady, and Travis Etienne. You were right, Dave. Way to go. Dave, you were right. All right, Yay. Nick Chubb. Are you worried about Nick Chubb? You're a little bit of a mini slump for Nick Chubb. It's a mini slump ever since Deshaun Watson came back. That's a little bit concerning, and we know it's late in the year. And go take a look at his schedule. The next three weeks are against Baltimore, New Orleans, and at Washington. Ah, It makes me nervous. I know that we talk about Nick Chubb as a must-start fantasy running back. I wonder if there's room, especially since it's been a couple of weeks now that he started to give a little bit more work to Kareem Hunt. Adam, where are you going? Um, I, I'm just a little nervous about him being a must-start top five type of fantasy runner. <sighs> okay. Is, is there anything different about this than, say, Derrick Henry? You know, it's not just a bad stretch. It's- Henry isn't sharing with somebody like Kareem Hunt, and he's still got the same quarterback that he's had all year. And his uh, offensive line hasn't taken some hits. I think Cleveland's offensive line has taken some hits. Okay, Tom Brady, geez. What a hor- That's the worst I've ever seen him that I can remember. I, I'm getting flashbacks to his last year in New England. So I've shown seven players in NFL history with 100 targets or more and zero touchdowns. Okay. Do you okay. have a record? Do you have the one hundred percent chance that the number one person Adam's never heard of? Um, <laughs> and I only think Dave's heard of him because of who he played for. 
Number two was Amari Toomer with 107 targets. Amani, I've never heard of Amari Toomer. I've heard of Amani Toomer, though. Okay, yes, Amani <laughs> Toomer. Number one, Michael Timpson. Mm. Uh, I had him on a team. Yeah. No, you didn't. That only goes you back were like to 1992 full- because we didn't keep track of targets before then. Mike Timpson. <laughs> well, here's my question for Brady. Is Chris Godwin still a must-start? Because he's had two stinks in a row. Two stinkies. Yes? I think so. He was stunk this past week. Eight for 63 against New Orleans. I guess that's a stink. That's not it. That's not it. No, not in full PPR. But it doesn't make you a must-start. In non-PPR, it's a big smell Also, Akeem Nix was in the top five on that list. How does it make you feel that Eli Manning was responsible for two of the five seasons of the at 100 targets and zero touchdowns? I do not think it was Amani Toomer and Eli Manning, was it? No way. I have no idea. No, that was no, that was before him. Um, and uh, yeah. Anyway, Chris Godwin, sixty-three yards last week, fifty-four yards today. I, I just like. I, I mean, I, I can't. Ah, it's so bad. He did get another end zone target that ended up being a Russell Gage touchdown off a of deflection. Right, he should have caught it. So that's good. But and um, Mike Evans had a deep touchdown called back by a holding penalty. Yes, Brady was. Yards. That was a great throw from Brady. Brady hurt his finger. It looked like he hit somebody's helmet on the follow through on a pass. So that could have affected his passing today. But he look. Let's face it. He hasn't looked like Tom Brady for several weeks now. You might argue even all season long, he's rarely looked like the Tom Brady of last year. And so I think we're at a point where it's pretty easy to say, all right, Tom Brady's not going to help me win in the fantasy playoffs. You can move on to another quarterback. You might be able to move on to Brock Purdy and use him as your fantasy quarterback the rest of the way. In fairness to Eli Manning, he split the Amani Toomer <laughs> year with Kurt Warner. Oh, this is rookie season. <laughs> All right. And two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and Amani yeah. Toomer couldn't score a touchdown or get Heath to know his first name. <laughs> Dave's, oh, uh, Heath's losers are Latavius Murray and Mike Evans and uh, DeAndre Swift. Ooh, yeah, let's talk about DeAndre Swift. Nine touches, six carries, terrible game. Very disappointing. Terrible. Swift. Yeah, I I don't know what to make of DeAndre Swift, really. I mean, it's some fantasy therapy time because efficiency has not been a problem for him throughout his entire career. It's can the guy be healthy? Can the guy stay on the field? And in this game, he was downright bad, not even good in the passing game. And right after we saw Dan Campbell talk about, you know, he's finally there. We're going to unleash him. They play him more than half the snaps, and he gets nine touches in the next game, and they have all this offensive success without him. Um, I, I think we went a little too fast from DeAndre Swift, he's no more than a flex, to DeAndre Swift consensus top 10 running back. And we should mm-hmm. probably view him closer to 24. But I think a lot of it had to do with the matchup. We were excited about the matchup, especially the fact that the Vikings aren't good against running backs who can catch the ball. How many targets and catches did he have in the game? He had three catches. Four targets. So it felt a little light. This is a game where Jared Goff was able to attack downfield, and you kind of knew that they were going in that direction when you saw Jamison Williams wide open for a 41-yard touchdown. Yeah, but the, uh, I mean, the thing the is, game. Jamal Williams had 16 carries. Swift had six. You know, it just 
went right back yeah. to what it was before. It's it's not about throwing downfield. It's about the fact that Jamal Williams was the number one and DeAndre Swift was the clear number two, and and Justin Jackson even had a freaking touchdown. And How about uh, all three of them were pretty even in snap share. Yeah, but yeah, but Williams is never going to have a high snap share because he's only in when they're running. But last week he out snapped, he out carried Jamal Williams for the first time in a long time, and that didn't happen, and that's a huge problem. All right, what about uh, who's the other? Not uh, not Evans, uh, Latavius. Ugh, crap <laughs> game. Yeah. Dave, Dave won that one. Um, Marlon Mack made the big play. Like the, the, the running back production was there. It was just a long play to Marlon Mack, who could not barely run 40 yards without falling down, <laughs> even though no one came within five yards of him. But he was able to pull it off, um, and they played Mack considerably more after that as well. He saw an uptick in, in snaps and, yeah. and opportunities. Um, sure. The Latavius experiment looks to be over. I don't know if it's over because he played 52% of the snaps. That's not 11 enough. of 19 snaps on third and fourth down, four of five snaps inside the 10. Uh, I, I don't want to say that he got unlucky, but they, they talked this week about getting Mike Boone more involved. Boone got hurt in the second quarter. Matt came in and basically took all of those reps from Boone. So it could be close to like a 60-40 split if Boone's out for the year. And it's Latavius and Marlon Mack the rest of the way. What an inspiring running back group they've got in Denver now. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think it might be a bit of an overreaction. He said the Latavius. No, we over. saw him not play more than fifty percent of the snaps with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon was gone for two weeks. His snap share went up to eighty-two percent, and then sixty-eight percent in a game where he had twenty-one touches. They were down twenty-seven he was to nothing in those games. This was early on. Mike Boone was playing over him in the first quarter before but, Boone got hurt. But Murray got. But Mike Murray had the most snaps and everything. I don't know. I mean, I think he's still there running back. I yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, I don't want him if he's going to play fifty percent of the snaps, get twelve carries, and have three targets. He's, uh, eight carries. He's too bad for that role. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He sucks. Right. Right. Uh, he's he's a guy that I want if he's playing 70 to 80% of the snaps and they're going to throw it to him four or five times a game. Okay. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll go through all the games. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bills and Jets, Buffalo 20, Jets 12. Bam, night. Looks legit. What else do we have to say about this game, Heath? I was actually a little bit discouraged at his lack of um, usage and production in the passing game. I'm glad he got into the end zone. But um, it was all Michael Carter in the passing game. Um, I had, believe it or not, and I don't think we actually answered this one, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are the only startable Bills. 
believe it. Yeah, you got to believe it. You can consider the other guys. But I, I think we're at the point now with Gabe Davis where you're hoping he just makes a big play. He's not a guy that's a consistent. That's what he's always been. Yeah, and that we were, I was hoping very that possible. he would be a more consistent part of the offense, and he just never took. I don't think I'll – you can make the case for him against Miami next week if it ends up being a high-scoring game. I think Miami is the, exactly the type of matchup where Gabe Davis is usually good. I got to tell you, man, you know the, exactly the type of matchup where Gabe Davis is usually good? Detroit. And when he couldn't do anything against Detroit – I really started losing faith, and it is so bad. And at this point, I'm next week. I'm going to make this decision. I'm probably going to start Donovan Peoples Jones over Gabe Davis. I am not. It's probably a safer PPR floor with Peoples Jones compared to Davis. Yeah. Now, if it's a home game, that could be a problem because that means Amari Cooper. <laughs> it is a home game. Oh, it's home game. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it's happening. Um, all right. Uh, so from this game, yeah, let's talk about Bam Knight here. He goes 17 carries, 71 yards and a touchdown. He had two catches. It's not terrible. Michael Carter had three catches for 15 yards. Um, yeah, I don't know. Dave, what'd you think? 66% started. Zonovan. Uh, another game with double digit PPR fantasy points and non PPR fantasy points. I think we'll take that. Carter actually had the edge in terms of playing time. 51% snap share. 14 of 18 on third and fourth downs. They only had one snap inside the 10. Carter had it. I still think Knight is still the primary back, the best back that they'll have in this offense. Fantasy managers can continue to use him as a number two running back when there's a matchup that they like. I would say Detroit, while not being the same type of matchup as it was six weeks ago, is still one where you can feel okay using Zonovan Knight. Yeah, look, he did well against Minnesota and Buffalo, so that's that's good because those are not easy yep. matchups. And uh, all right, that's it for that game. Garrett Wilson, a lot of it came late, but he had a respe- respectable game, six catches, seventy-eight yards. Uh, real quick, Elijah Moore, you're going to want to pick him up. Six catches, sixty yards on ten targets. What? How serious is Corey Davis's injury? I don't know. But let's just say he's out next week. Yes, I'd like to pick him up. Okay. All right, next checking up. to see how many snaps he had. He played 60 snaps. He ran 47 routes. Those might be season highs for Elijah Moore. I'm interested. Nice. Cincinnati 23 and Cleveland 10. This is a tough one. We already talked about Donovan Peoples-Jones quite a bit. Um, I guess, believe it or not, David Njoku is a must-start tight end. Yeah, believe it. You, believe it or not, you should start him over Mark Andrews next week. No, I don't believe it. Um, he's got, it. uh, not against Baltimore. I think I'd rather have the tight end against Cleveland than the tight end against Baltimore. Okay. So do you think that, okay. Amari Cooper, two games now with Deshaun Watson, uh, four catches for 40 yards on nine targets, two catches for 42 yards on seven targets. What are you going to do next week? I know it's a home game, but um, yeah, I mean, quarterback struggling a little bit. Definitely better than last week. Yep. What's his injury status? Who, Cooper? Yeah, because like we heard coming into this game. Do you know what his snap share was? Yes, Dave? I've got it. It's uh, it's high. If you give me a second, I will find exactly what it is because I wrote it down before mm-hmm. we started the show. Mm-hmm. 86%. Oh, he played. A, they, say, they said before the game that he might be on a snap count. count. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit of BS. But he didn't get as many targets that he had been. I'm starting him next week. Yeah, I mean, seven targets is a four-week low for him. So is two catches, but not 42 yards. That's not the lowest he's had in the last four weeks. I I think as as Deshaun starts to get a little bit more comfortable and he did look less rusty, 
you can feel a little bit better about Amari Cooper. Okay, anything on the other side of the ball, the Cincinnati side? You know, do you still have complete must-start faith in Joe Burrow if he doesn't have Boyd or Higgins? Yep. You could lower the expectations a little bit. Mm-hmm. Who do they play? Tampa Bay on the road. Probably. I think so. Okie dokie. Mixon had a nice game. He had a big long run. Oh, the, you know, he's probably, if you're just looking at the box score and you saw Samaj P. Ryan had a rushing touchdown, that was in the two minute drill late in the first half, stayed on the yes. field, kind of hurry up offense. So he had, P. Ryan had the same role that he had had before the Mixon injury, just happened mm-hmm. to score a rushing touchdown. They were a little closer in snap share than they'd been before. Mixon played 59% of the snaps. All right, Baltimore 16 and Pittsburgh 14. We talked about Dobbins, but believe it or not, he's a top 15 running back rest of the season. 15 might be a stretch, but it's for the rest of the season. Maybe I'll buy that. Maybe he could be right at 15 the rest of the way. Browns, Falcons, Steelers. Ooh, yeah. I like, I like those first two. Tasty. I just he played forty five percent of the, oh I went over this already forty five percent of the snaps Gus had thirty one PPR is so frustrating because Deontay Foreman today you know bad PPR game I don't know what he ended up having about eight nine PPR points he had well over twenty had over twenty carries you know if you don't Deontay score, Foreman yeah if it, I'm saying if Dobbins doesn't score then he's he's got like Najee he's Harris giving you that type of yeah game. Najee Harris yeah. a few weeks ago he had what twenty carries for a hundred yards. Right. 98 yards, whatever. No catches. Well, Najee was the opposite today. He was only good because he scored. Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know what? If he's not top 15, obviously he's he is entering the start discussion. Very encouraging day for Dobbins. Uh, we got a shout out to Marcus Robinson here. He has scored double-digit fantasy points in PPR in four of his last six games. He's not having big games, but he's, you know, leading the team in receiving probably over the last six games, if I had to guess. Uh, any any waiver claim interest there in Demarcus Robinson? Thirteen percent. Is this quarterback again? It, we don't know. It's let's say it's Huntley. Uh, I, if anything, I'm considering him as a deep stash in full PPR only, hoping to get something out of him when Lamar comes back. That's it. Not interested in using him with Huntley or Brown at quarterback. Are you cool dropping George Pickens? He did have 78 yards, but three catches, three targets. I might be, because when are you going to have the confidence to start him at this juncture of the year? I'm not. My bigger concern, especially with someone like him, is I could see somebody else having a hole and being like, you know what, I'm going to throw George Pickens in there, and he gets two long bombs and has a 25-point day on me. Yeah. Yeah, but he hasn't had that yet. That does not have a large impact on whether I think it's possible that he'll have it in the next three weeks. Right, but I mean, it's just, I don't, if he hasn't had it yet, if he hasn't been given the opportunity to have that yet. Oh, I think he's he's definitely been given the opportunity. He's dropped, what, two touchdowns in the last three weeks. Okay, so nah. it's just, I think he dropped I, one, I right? Know. He, he dropped like, one and, and, and he had the terrible Trubisky pass was, or Pickett pass was way, you know, he's wide open. Right. Yeah. Like, I think he's a great receiver, but I, I don't think I'm going to be scared about letting somebody else pick him up and use him against me. All right, Dallas 27, Houston 23. Wow. Crazy game. Wait, yeah. Surprising. It was a crazy game. Um, we already did Chris Moore. 
Um, Damian Pierce is just fine. We had no reason to really be that concerned about him. Nah, I don't think you can do this one because he has the injury. Right. Like I was about to say, he was fine in this game. It was great. He got the work. Texans stayed competitive. That's why he did. But now who knows because of the injury that he has. Texans have nothing to play for. I don't understand why they'd rush him back or put him in at less than 100%. Well, here's the other thing. I mean, he scored on a touchdown, as I recall, off a short field on a muffed punt. Yes. So, you know, he had 22 carries for 78 yards. The same thing we're talking about with Saquon Barkley, with Tra- with uh, Travis Etienne, with Damian Pierce. They are not running the ball that well lately. So that does matter to me. I mean, you can make fun of me for YPC and all that, but just he's not really being a special Never. running back like he was earlier this year. I would add that in a game where they were competitive with the Dallas Cowboys, they had two drives end inside the Cowboys red zone mm-hmm. twice all game. Mm. Oh, really? Is that including yeah. the drive that they got stopped? at One that where the ball was obtained off a muff punt. That's the one you were talking about earlier. And then another one that came off an interception. Oh, right. And they gained like they started four at yards. The Cowboys four. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's another strike against the run game in Houston is that they don't, this game, they needed a lot of help in order to get a possession in the red zone, mm-hmm. especially in inside the 10. Yeah. Let me ask you guys about Dak Prescott because fantasy managers seem very frustrated with Dak Prescott, but I think he's been pretty good. This was obviously a bad game. And of course, the Houston Texans are amazing against quarterbacks and they lost their best cornerback in this game, by the way, Steven Nelson. Uh, but how do you view Dak Prescott, Heath, going forward? He has Jacksonville next week. He is at the top of that Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr um, group. Low end number one. Trevor Lawrence is in there too. Low end number one quarterbacks, not quite in the circle of trust, but firmly inside the triangle of consideration. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go to our next game. Jacksonville 36, Tennessee 22. Trevor Lawrence, your number one quarterback right now with, excuse me, 38 points. We did this one like two weeks back, but believe it or not, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in his class. There was a debate about that on the show between you and there's been a debate for like Rick four Spielman. weeks about it since since we did the same, believe it or not, for Justin Fields. <laughs> I, I love it when he plays like this. He had a great game. He was just on target most of the game. No complaints really about Trevor Lawrence. Um, four total touchdowns is really freaking great. Is he the best quarterback in the class? It's really hard to say. In reality, yes, I still think he is. In fantasy, look, if Justin Fields gets a little bit better as a passer and continues to run the ball, I think I'd rather have him. But it's a fantasy versus reality. I think it's a discussion. I think it's a discussion. I don't think it's a discussion in fantasy. It's reality where it's a discussion. No, it's a discussion. Oh, then we're done here. It's Lawrence. No, I don't 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 know why we would say that. Like, Lawrence has, like, four good games in two years. I think Lawrence has a much higher floor than Justin Fields. So if I'm talking from a dynasty standpoint where there's no quarterbacks available on waivers and the quarterback I have is the quarterback I have, ride or die, basically, I would actually take Trevor Lawrence because I think – I think I there's a chance that in a two quarterback league. There's not any dynasty one quarterback leagues where like you don't if all the quarterbacks are rostered, presumably you have two or three. Yeah, I mean my one dynasty league I have Josh Allen and I have Ryan Tannehill and yeah, and Taylor Heineke. So I would need, right. you know, right, that's what I'm They've saying. They've been I, formidable streamers throughout the year. I guess, but I think I I just think that you you know, it's very easy to favor the mobile guy, but the more mobile guy, because Lawrence is obviously mobile, but Lawrence has, 
I think tremendous future upside. Tremendous as a as I, I a think Fields as well. Oh yeah, for sure. There's no question. Sure, but it, the the cool thing is we can see Lawrence's future because you've seen these great games. And next year, not only does he have this receiving core, but Calvin Ridley's going to join. It'll be a second year in Doug Peterson's offense. Like you can see that path where Trevor Lawrence becomes amazing for fantasy. We don't know who's going to be surrounding Justin Fields in Chicago quite yet. How about Zay Jones? Christian Kirk had a bad game. And I'll tell you this about Christian Kirk. He's played 13 games. He scored 16.4 or more points in seven games and 10.8 or fewer in six games. He has been very boomer bust. Um, Mm -hmm. Zay Jones, though, bouncing back. That's a guy who's available in slightly more leagues than DJ Chark. So if you had to choose between those two on your waiver wire, Zay Jones or DJ Chark, who is it? Zay. I think it's Zay, but I know that he's got some stinkers left in him, too. Just look at last week. When he, he shouldn't have had a huge game last week, but he should have had a touchdown. But he I dropped just, it. Yeah. I, I had a hard you, time blaming him for the drops because we know drops aren't all that predictive, and he had a 70% catch rate for the year. Like he had one game where he had a bad catch rate. What's his A dot for the year? I don't think it's super low, but I, I couldn't tell you for sure. <laughs> Go for it, Dave. All right. Oh. So, so I'm sorry. The answer for Dave was Chark. And for Heath, it was no, Zay it was Jones. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to say Chark over Jones. All right, I, I'm leaning that way. I've got a seven point nine for an eight out this year. Uh, that's not too You're high. Probably right. I see trees of um, green. I see nine point four. Uh, nope. Is that right? Oh, this yeah. is so boring. Nine point four. On the other side of the ball. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk about Oconquo. and I, I guess Hooper too. Hooper led the team in receiving with 68 yards, but Oconquo had six targets, Both touchdown. Titans have two top 10 tight ends this week? Against Dallas? Oh, you mean this week or, or next they week? They did. They just did, oh, I think. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Oconquo is exciting. I mean, he's interesting from a dynasty standpoint. We can talk about that at a later date, but you know, do you think he's kind of a must-add? I'm, I'm cool starting him as long as Traylon Burks is out. I just don't know if Traylon Burks is going to miss more than the one game. Yeah. Because he was barely on the radar until Burks got hurt. And then his playing time, that's the sound of a rocket going up. That's what happened last week. And then this week, his playing time was very good again. And uh, came through with an early touchdown, had a two-point conversion. I I don't know if they incorporate him into the offense, even with Burks back. All right, Detroit 34, Minnesota 23 was not really the game of the week. What was the game of the week? Hmm. This week's really sucked. <laughs> Dallas Houston was Dallas Houston the I will game say of the week. So far, not the Dolphins and the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, it was either. Well, Dallas- I mean, I just want a, a good competitive game. I guess Baltimore Pittsburgh was competitive. Yeah, it's just a little tough to watch. Yeah, I mean, for fantasy, it might have been Chiefs Denver, right? Maybe Chiefs Denver Dallas Houston would have to be the game of the week so far, and those may have been the two biggest spreads. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Denver or Buffalo Jets was 10. It was bigger than Chiefs. Denver. It was bigger. Okay. Uh, Detroit 34, Minnesota 23, Heath. Give me a Jared Goff, believe it or not. Believe it or not, Jared Goff is a top 10 quarterback rest of season. Don't love him against the Jets. Um, gonna like him against Carolina. Gonna love him against Chicago. It'll probably even out to being around a top 10 quarterback rest of the way. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, he's going to be ahead of Brady going forward. Well, Brady's be, not in the top 10 discussion. No, I'm just we, thinking out loud. Brady's in the top 20 discussion. He's going to be you're, around If Dak. you're putting him top 10, you're going to put him ahead of Lawrence, for sure. Um, maybe, because Lawrence's schedule gets a lot harder now. Because mm-hmm. we had we had Herbert and Kyler at like and Gino at like six seven eight this week, so he's got to be ahead of Lawrence. He's got to be ahead of Rogers. He's got to be ahead of Cousins and Carr. Um, yeah, those are the, to be top ten. He's got to be ahead of those guys. I probably wouldn't quite do it. They're uh, good and they really might make the playoffs. Jets, Panthers, Bears, Packers. Three of those four games are on the road. That is one other thing. I don't know if you guys care about this, but his production has been a lot better at home than on the road. And three and I, yeah, next I think, two I games. I think he's gonna be bad next week. All right, that's at the Jets. Uh, we talked about Swift and the running backs. Justin Jefferson is very good. Adam Thielen is pretty matchup dependent, probably. Uh, we talked Chark. We talked. Yeah, I think this game we know. I, Cousins or Golf rest of season. I love those matchups or golf after next week. Cousins has the Colts, then the Giants and the Packers. I think we're better off just going with Cousins. All right. Sure. Philadelphia 48, Giants 22. Boston Scott scored a touchdown, by the way. <laughs> I know. I saw that at the end of the game. Believe that it just or not. tells me that the Eagles and Boston Scott are completely aware oh, of yeah. the whole history with the Giants. And, and now twice a year you can start Scott is a bye week replacement running back. If you uh, believe it or not, Darius Slayton fooled you and should not be started again this year. I wonder if it had to do with the type of coverage he was drawing because he only had three targets. I, I mean, wonder, Matt Breida had four targets. I wonder if it had to do with the fact that he was facing the Eagles. You know, yeah, could be that too. I'm not believing but it, Heath. You're still not against Washington next week. I mean, there's no teams on a bye, so I don't think he's a must-start guy, but I think he can give you close to 10 PPR fantasy points. Well, that's not a start. Somebody you think can give you close to 10 PPR fantasy points is not someone... No, I don't want to start Darius Slayton, but I'm not afraid... you do believe it. No, not necessarily, because he's got Minnesota after that. Like Washington's not an easy matchup, even though he just torched them. But I think the Eagles will make a guy like Darius Slayton look worse than he is. Personally. Um, anything else here? How about like, how about Daniel Jones scored more points against the Eagles than any other quarterback, and he got pulled? Yeah, that cost me my player prop, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was is cool. amazing. Yeah, now there's amazing. a caveat to that. The Packers quarterbacks combined for more points than Daniel Jones, but not more points than Daniel Jones and Terod Taylor. <laughs> no, I was just amazed that we could still find a way to spin this result in a positive way for Daniel Jones. Uh, he he walked. He came into this game as a top 15 quarterback. Yeah. I think he was 16. So I don't know. Look, I, I certainly don't want to trust Daniel Jones, but he, all right. I th- he's actually fantasy relevant, surprisingly. Uh, we'll talk about Barkley throughout the week. The Eagles are amazing. And hopefully we'll get Dallas Goddard back next week. And if they do, are, are you going to continue to start Devontae Smith if Dallas Goddard is playing? Yeah, but it's going to be back to that high end number three receiver range. Okay. All right, Kansas City 34, Denver 28. Uh, believe it or not, Juju Smith-Schuster is back as a must-start wide receiver. Mm, no, I think he's still... Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I was a little harsh on him last week, but Bra- but Mahomes had a really bad week last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, he didn't have a perfect week this week either. 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Heath. You you've got you know that's like fingernails on chalkboard to me. When a quarterback oh. throws 25, 27 passes in a game, averages nine yards per pass attempt, and we say the quarterback had a really bad game. Well, the first play of all, caller had a really bad game. They didn't th- call enough pass plays. He I didn't, didn't throw the ball. Enough. Remember that he averaged. I didn't realize he averaged that much yards per attempt. Yeah. Okay. Come on, Adam, get with it. <laughs> but what do you have? Two hundred and forty yards or something like that last right. week on twenty-seven attempts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think a normal Mahomes week is probably a very safe juju PPR week with some upside. Right. But this was. Now, I, I think, don't know against Houston. Oh can, yeah. Oh God. Can Mahomes? Oh. What can? <laughs> What if the Texans ruin Mahomes for the fantasy playoffs? But, you know, they lost Steven Nelson in this game, but he's been a great <laughs> cornerback for them. He really has. He shut down Amari Cooper two games ago. Um, I'm just going to say it. <sighs> Patrick Mahomes will be my number one quarterback for this week. I don't care about the Texans. Even what Jalen Hurts wasn't that good against the Texans. Why? Even Jalen Hurts wasn't that good against the nobody, Texans. Nobody ever is. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I've... Uh, you're starting Patrick Mahomes. You might be curious to know that Juju played 76% of his snaps out wide, okay. 24% in the slot. And uh, Sky Moore was actually, when he played, he didn't play his full allotment of snaps, but he played in the slot a lot. MVS played in the slot a lot. There was obviously something there to put MVS in that position. I don't remember him being a slot receiver for very long, but Juju was back outside. And he had a good game. I'm hoping that that continues on. Yes, I, I think he's a good starting fantasy receiver. I hope this just means that the plan is we're going to put MVS wherever the team does not plan on throwing the ball <laughs> so that the ball does not <laughs> bounce off of his hands. What do you think about Pacheco? Only 13 carries, 70 yards, and three catches, though. So that's, what, that's cool. one, two, and three catches in his last three games. I like him. I think he's their best runner. Now, I don't know if it oh, means he he's going to be great for fantasy because he's not getting high-value touches the same way that McKinnon he, is. He should have 100 yards and a touchdown next week. Should. It's Houston, yeah. All right, it's and... Uh, early uh, start of the week, Cole? I would... <laughs> it was almost the start of the week this week, apparently. I would ask you guys about the Broncos, but I want to see what Russell Wilson's status is. He had... Clearly his best game. Yeah. Dulcich eight targets. I think that that's encouraging, even though the stat line wasn't very good. Yeah. The most targets he got in a game was the Brett Rippon game against the Jets. Carolina 30, Seattle 24. What do we got? Um, We can't do another DJ Moore one. Oh, we sure can. Believe it or not, Deontay <laughs> Foreman has a Chuba Hubbard problem. Believe it. Um, yeah, I think so. It's a little surprising, huh? Quite a roll for him. Two games in a row. Mm-hmm. 32% of the snaps for Hubbard. Foreman had 46%. Foreman had the edge inside the 10, but it wasn't dominant. It was six of 11 snaps there. Hubbard's touchdown run. It was a third down play. He played a lot of third downs, 11 of 15. Uh, and then Blackshear played 20% of the snaps. And there was just a drive where the Panthers just absolutely took it to the Seahawks. Seahawks cannot solve the run. No. Uh, and so that's a little a little disappointing because Chuba averaged over five yards per carry. Blackshear had eight yards per carry. Uh, and then here's Deontay Foreman with three and a half. And he had a lot of really decent runs, but nothing, nothing amazing. And nothing quite as long as Chuba or Blackshear, or Darnold for that matter. 
bottom line is that I do think Foreman leads the way in touches in this backfield moving forward, but I think you have to lower expectations. Believe it or not, DJ Moore, with his six rushing yards, had more rushing than receiving yards this week. I believe it. <laughs> it's a fact. Super disappointing, too. Uh, they have thrown, I'm pretty sure they have thrown for fewer than 200 yards in six of their last seven games. Just can't be success. You can't have not cannot have a successful receiver consistently on, on that no. type of team. No, I'm no. shocked that a team piloted by Baker Mayfield, PJ Walker, Sam Darnold is only getting I, that much. That I I just it's really bad though. I I think you left one name out, and it may be the most important name. What? Ben McAdoo. Look. You could say that all you want, but they're they're actually in the playoff contention right now. They're they're four and three, I think, in their last seven games, and they, they got have a, a run game and they have a, a decent defense. Yeah, so they can win on the line of scrimmage. That's what's helping them out. But eventually, they're going to get one dimensional against somebody, and Sam Darnold's going to cost them. I really think the Lions and the Commanders are going to get the last two playoff spots. That's what I'm rooting for. Um, no offense, really. Giants fans. No, it's those are the best teams. The yeah, because look at who the the Seahawks play: the Niners, Chiefs, Jets, and then the Rams. Um, all right, uh, for Seattle, I mean, it's a Thursday game they got against the Niners. Where are you going to rank Travis Homer if the other guys don't come back? Thirty-two. Okay, moving on. Tom Brady and the Bucks lose thirty-five to seven to the Forty ers What do we got? Uh, believe it or not, Tom Brady's done. He needs to retire. Doesn't Needs matter if to he wants retire. to play somewhere else next year. Nobody else should want him. I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to believe that he just shouldn't be a starter in fantasy anymore. Would be very interested if he goes to the 49ers next year. That's it about was it. much of an audition. <laughs> yes. I can't imagine watching that game and thinking, you know what? What would really make us better is if we had that quarterback running our team. Uh, what did your th- what did you think of the Bucks running back usage here? They combined for eleven catches, but thirteen carries for White, four for Fournette. Was that an injury thing, or is White running away with this job? Pun intended. I yeah, I don't know if he's running away with it, um, but I do think he's the lead guy. I'll probably project something like two to one for White next week. Oh, dude, turn around, Tyreek Hill. What was that? This game. Ugh. You would think that he had played with Tua long enough to know that when you're running down the field, you got to turn around <laughs> yeah. and start running toward the line of scrimmage. <laughs> Might be a good idea. Seven targets for Tyreek Hill to start the game. Seven of the first eight throws for Tua goes to Tyreek, and Tyreek has two catches for 13 yards. I do not know what that was. That was a weird play. Okay, we're out of here, everybody. Thank you for watching and listening. Our shortest show of the year for Sunday night. Thank you, six teams on by. We will talk to you on uh, Monday with Beyond the Box Score. See you later. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.